right, let's get started. Hello to everyone listening in. This is the Do Jiu-Jitsu podcast where we talk to great individuals from all sorts of backgrounds that have one thing in common. They do jiu-jitsu. My name is Jay and I'm your host. And today we have podcast number, today's podcast number eight. We have Brady Copperhead Wickland. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, a high level, a high level wrestler and a mixed martial arts fighter. He actually has a fight tomorrow for uh, the state title in uh, California. Uh, he also dedicates his time helping others achieve their fitness goals by training them in his own private gym and fuels his team with the food he grows. He's a fighter and he's also a farmer. So we're about to have a fun podcast with Brady. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, anytime, dude. Thanks for having awesome. me. Yeah, brother. It's a pleasure. Uh, tell us about your uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu story or how you, even, how you got into martial arts. Start there. Uh, I started wrestling, you know, a long time ago, probably like fifth, sixth grade and, mm -hmm. uh, wrestled all the way through high school and into college. And a couple of guys on my team were on Dave Terrell, uh, NorCal fighting Alliance team mm -hmm. in Santa Rosa. And, uh, I was competing for a spot against, uh, one of the guys that was on the ultimate fighter, Dom Shonoff waters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was one of Dave's, uh, I believe he was a purple belt at the time. But he was in my starting spot for the wrestling uh, team on SRJC. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dave Terrell came in and, you know, coached him, was in his corner. And I, I pinned him pretty quick. And, like, I don't think I made friends there. But uh, <laughs> one of my buddies who um, was the spot above me, Colin Hart, he was also um, on the Ultimate Fighter. And then mm. uh, got a contract. He was over at Dave's. And he was like, hey, man, you should come in to, you know, do jujitsu. And mm. I did one day. And the rest, you know, I just fell in love with it. And just, you know, I'd, I'd probably be not where I am now without it for sure, you know. Yeah. Well, tell, tell me a little bit more about that, man. Um, like, where did you, uh, where did you, where was it your first academy? How was the experience? Do you feel... Uh, do you feel, do you, do you know um, how it feels to uh, start something new? Like, do you remember? Oh, yeah, dude. I, well, I was a wrestler at the time, so I, like, had a little base. But uh, I would just uh -huh. go in and wrestle all the guys. And, you know, I was kind of, I was getting choked every night, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> like, uh, I got beat up pretty good. A lot of those guys, like, really didn't like me when I first came in there. And mm. uh, so... I had a little target on my back in the room and I think that actually is what made me a lot better was cause you know, I'd show up when you're on your way to practice and you're nervous and you're like, man, I'm going to be, I might get put to sleep tonight. You know, or like uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a leg lock room. You know, there was, those guys were like back before a lot of guys were doing leg locks, you know, this was probably almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I was with Dave Terrell. He's one of the ADCC trials winners. Um, mm -hmm. There's like a cool video of him online uh, flipping over on a leg, doing a straight ankle lock and uh -huh. smoking a dude in the finals of the ADCC trials. trials. So um, I learned like a lot of my base from him and watching like Jeff Glover. I used to do a lot of inverted uh, donkey guard shit like that. Uh -huh. And uh <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of YouTube videos from him and Dean Lister. And I thought leg locks were like the way, you know, uh -huh. as everybody else probably did too. And, uh, yeah, the, started doing some local tournaments, winning local tournaments, um, you know, ripping everybody's legs off and as like a blue belt. And everybody's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, this is what we do in our room, you know? So. <laughs> Yeah, so your, your gym was a uh, pretty. Uh, it sounds like your gym was pretty competitive. It's like you're not. It's not like oh, your yeah. normal uh, family oriented uh, oriented gym, hey? Yeah, yeah I mean they they uh, had a good uh, kids program and stuff, but no. When I, the time that I would show up, uh huh. You know, most of those guys were uh, UFC fighters or, um, you know, really competitive purple and brown belts and black belts. Um, I see. Yeah, it was cutthroat in there. Yeah, I see. I see. Uh, to the people who, who are starting jujitsu that come from a wrestling background, what piece of advice would you give them? Don't get choked. Wrestlers love to get choked. They lead with their uh -huh. head on shots, you know. Um, 
a lot of guys come in with their head down and like, you know, a good jujitsu guy who's got a little wrestling base will almost bait that out there with like a single leg and like catch it uh -huh. into the guillotine. And like, you know, you just got to keep your head up and like really work around that corner. So you're not getting choked as much, but it's, and, and like, keep sit on your feet, dude, always sit on your feet to protect those uh -huh. ankles. <laughs> um, obviously you were a pretty good wrestler. Um, you know, coming up and then you decided to uh, start jujitsu. Uh, you knew that the journey for jujitsu is a very, very long time in order to get to where you are today. What, um, what made you commit to actually practicing this martial art? I just kept getting choked and I hated it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I kept getting my leg legs ripped off. And I, you know, these guys were savages and I just wanted to be like them. You know, um, one of the black belts in my room, Jake Hargrove, Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought that I was, you know, his brother because we kind of look alike with our red hair. Mm -hmm. But uh, I really looked up to him and he, he was a really good role model for me, um, you know, as, as well as Tur Dave Terrell. But th these guys were just on a whole nother level, you know, physically, mm -hmm. athletically, um, just in life too. like, you know, they all own their own businesses and mm. we're just really great individuals. And, you know, I wanted to be a weapon, uh, mm. you know, and I thought I could make the ultimate fighter. I thought I'd be on in the UFC, you know, but jujitsu is kind of more of my favorite thing to do. So I yeah. uh, focused on that a lot more than I did uh, kickboxing. And, you know, it's kind of yeah. led me to where I am now. I see. I see. Man, you're fighting tomorrow for the Cali State uh, title. And, you know, like even uh, lo even uh, local tournaments um, for white belts, like all of us get like super, super nervous at that level. Like what kind of mindset? Um, how do you prepare yourself for uh, that type of fight? Like how do you prepare your mind, especially? Um, ice baths. Ice baths? <laughs> I, do like, I do like three ice baths a day. Mm -hmm. two minimum two minimum um i start my day i start my day with them actually with i have a mental contract with myself every morning within five minutes of getting out of bed i have to be in the ice bath and i, I tried i try to do like six to eight minutes um sometimes i'll do a little over 10 but i i hit that sweet spot at 10 usually uh-huh and I uh see. It makes my body feel amazing, but even more so just getting in the first minute of getting in is just so mentally, uh, mentally taxing, you know, and you, you're in a fight within the first five minutes of your day of like, man, am I, I could just go about my day. It's time to go to work. I'm late. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. make a million excuses, but once you get in, that's the hardest thing you're going to do all day long, you know? Mm. So after you do that and like, I really find my meditation in there, put on a little mm -hmm. music, uh, drift away, imagine myself, you know, doing whatever I'm doing, getting ready for, you know, this, this fight, it's important, but mm -hmm. I got much better, bigger things I'm working towards. Um, mm -hmm. the USA deals a pretty, pretty, uh, heavy thing on my mind these days and, really what I'm mm -hmm. working towards bringing back a gold medal for the United States and representing my country. Well, um, and, and my, my team and myself, you know, I really want to mm -hmm. have a good performance with that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just in a state of mind now that I'm, I'm ready to kill a man, you know, and mm -hmm. whether or not he decides to tap or go to sleep, you know, that's going to be on him. Yeah. But, wherever the fight takes me it's gonna end with that and i and i know it's gonna end with that i i'm fairly fairly confident in my abilities to see that through you know and i got a lot of it's in my hometown like right next yeah. door yeah napa sonoma napa i'm like right uh -huh. on the, the line so i don't know i got like 60 tickets sold already which i never sell tickets i usually sell like two or three uh -huh. because like, <laughs> so there's a lot of people going yeah, man, that is uh, that's awesome. And that's uh, when is that happening? Uh, tomorrow, five p.m. That's the, that's the, the one tomorrow. Room. I see. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's so awesome, brother. That's so awesome. Um, it seems like you're already, you know, you're re you're you're ready, you're conditioned. Um, and 
Man, uh, in what ways has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, helped you in your uh, personal life? Oh, sorry, the chicken out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, every way possible, dude. I was, I was living in a car like when I was nineteen. You know, I got kicked out because I was trying to fight. But my, mm-hmm. you know, my my mom's a nurse. She's dealt with head traumas and stuff like that. And uh, I was really struggling doing it when I when I found jujitsu and like just just the fact that like I have to show up to practice every day, right? So yeah. I got to be on point, and and I gotta I gotta not only show up to practice, but I gotta show up to practice with a bunch of guys that are gonna probably try to put me to sleep, you know. Mm. And I don't want to give them the satisfaction of like beating me, so. Mm. I want to, you know, I had to make sure I ate right. I had to make sure I drank all my, you know, got my hydration in correctly. I had to make sure I got my sleep right. I stopped going out and drinking and partying and chasing girls and getting in fights mm. and, you know, making poor decisions because mm. the better decisions I made during the day that led me to practice, I would have a better practice and, you know, in turn, reach more of my goals, you know, in my mind. That's the way it kind of played out yeah. and it, it seems to have worked that way you know if you put in any uh-huh. go ahead. yeah how did you get into that mindset like what was the what, what did it take for you to shift your mind to focus on the thing that you're trying to focus on because a lot of people are trying to you know are trying to go go through the road you're going through right but they're they're stuck you know like doing like whatever they're doing but not focusing on the one thing that's going to get them there what got you to you know, what got you uh, in that mindset shift? Um, I was super broke, you know, and, and like, uh-huh. and wasting my, my time and money, like chasing girls and, you know, drinking at the bar when I was like 19, I had a fake ID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you show up to practice and like, feel like shit, you, you roll like exactly how you feel, you know? And mm-hmm. if you can focus on, like, man, if I just eat this instead of eating you uh-huh. know, garbage, uh-huh. I'm going to feel better. If I, you know, drink a lot of water instead of going and having a couple beers at the end of the day with my friends, you know, I'm going to feel a lot better in practice. And, you know, four or five years down the line, you're going to look at your friends and realize these dudes are all fat and like out of mm-hmm. shape, mm-hmm. you know, and not healthy and the byproducts of jujitsu are a six pack, you know, uh-huh. are, uh, even if you go and get our white belt and you get choked for six months, you know, a year, two years, pretty soon you're going to know how to choke somebody because yeah. you have been choked enough times. And those people that are just sitting around popping six packs are going to get choked by somebody who has a six pack. That's just, you know, <laughs> the, it's pretty easy math. So, um, a real no brainer for me, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of money to buy good food. Mm. So I like started growing my own, Mm -hmm. you know, when you start doing that and like eating good, then you're like, wow, dude, like my, my food tastes different than the ones in in the grocery store. Even if it's the same exact thing, Mm -hmm. you know, if I get a cucumber from Safeway or I get a cucumber that I picked off the vine and ate the one that i picked off the vine is still alive you know there's uh-huh. still yeah like living foods right exactly dude yeah and you can feel that in your stomach and you can feel that in your body and in your you know your energy levels and like mm-hmm. uh the ones in the store you know i'm all for agriculture and like supporting our our food system but uh-huh they pick it a little bit too early so that yeah. by the time it gets to the store it's not you know trash if i were to pick a peach off, off a tree and uh-huh. and put it into a basket and send it to the store and it was perfectly ripe when i picked it it's going to be rotted by the time it hits the store right uh-huh, so i gotta pick right. it like a, a little early so by the time it hits the store it's it's not going to be perfectly rotted it's going to be perfectly ripe but it didn't mm. get all the sugars didn't get to mature all the way you know so um Mm -hmm. just really focusing on like 
getting food that has like the max amount of life in it mm-hmm. and and living organisms you know eggs that aren't fake the you know, uh-huh. chickens that are out outside and and you know i should show you where my chickens are running around here <laughs> they're eating bugs you know what i mean yeah the, the, i could pull an egg and it's still warm it's still sticky yeah. you know yeah i can go and crack that and the sucker is like orange you know not yellow yeah. and like robbed of all its nutrients and when you eat that dude i i guarantee it if i were to like get a a marathon runner you know uh-huh. get two get two twins that train exactly the same have their whole life and just feed one fresh from the garden and feed one you know from walmart one's gonna run farther guarantee yeah man definitely i 100 uh, believe in uh you know living foods uh, we actually grow uh, microgreens uh, at my place here. So uh, we, yeah, we eat microgreens because, yeah, we need, it, it just makes sense. Uh, when you cut them at the right time, uh, it supplies you with like that, you know, like that very, very good energy that you won't get from the stores. Yeah, no man, I completely, agree, I completely agree with uh, with what you're saying. When did you start growing your own food? Um, I'm on your like. This will be my fifth year, sixth, sixth year, actually. This We're going into our sixth season, um, fi- actually just about wrapping it up. Um, and, mm. and the snowball has really uh, started rolling downhill. And, and this this thing's kind of taken off more of a life th- than I can uh, ever thought of when I first started. You know, I was in the backyard in wine barrels and, um, mm. you know, not very much space. I think I had like an eighth of an acre or something. But now we're on uh, like 15 acres, um, five of which are market garden. Um, the mm. other half is like organic oat hay that uh, a friend of mine farms that we run our chickens on. And uh-huh. I got 500 layers. So lots of eggs coming. Um, a lot of meat birds running around. I got 100 meat birds that are kind of just out in the field doing whatever they want, you know, eating and being a chicken. Yeah. Um, I see. I see. So man, you, my, uh, my father run. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Man, you literally went from, um, sorry to keep cutting you out. It's just very interesting. you literally went from homeless to having your own farm to helping people with you in your, in your private gym. And like, now you're doing what you love to do, uh, for a living. Right. Which is, uh, which is, which is fighting. Which is yeah. teaching people how to fight and yeah. uh, farming. How, right. man? How did you get? How did you get there? So, what were the, like, how did you? Obviously, uh, you did it by hard work. But uh, yeah. tell me about the moments uh, of like luck that played into it as well. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I would recommend everybody like get on YouTube if you want to do something, and like you can learn how to do it on YouTube, no matter what. You know. And, I, and mm. I've, I've had a lot of good mentors, but I was very lucky. Um, a friend of mine that uh, my dad used to work for, and he's got a lot of acres of property that he was born into and mm. um, works very hard for, has his own trucking company. And, you know, he saw he saw us struggling and saw uh-huh. me fighting every weekend and you know and i was looking for some place to farm and he's like hey you know i'll give you this little piece of property right here this can be yours and that was uh-huh. the little eighth of an acre that i started and um i built i had a shipping container yeah that uh, was just kind of sitting there and i built a little tiny house out of it with like uh a bunch of recovered materials and stuff uh-huh. that, you know i was doing construction you know like uh side jobs any side job i could do and uh when we would tear down old houses i would like take the good material home with me in the truck and uh-huh. you know put it at the spot and then eventually we got enough to build a little tiny house and i i actually rent that out to some of my little fighters and you know yeah have a little cool little deal on that one so a little passive income and uh then we outgrew the space um i had a lot of extra food that yeah. uh And I was just kind of like really focused on fighting at the time. So I was hitting up everybody in my phone 
that I knew. And I was like, Hey, come train. I was just looking for bodies, you know, just like uh -huh. come train with me. I, you know, some of these guys were like 300 pounds that like had never <laughs> rolled the day in their life, dude. And, yeah. and I like, and I was like, Hey dude, like check out this food. Like, you know, I know you probably don't eat this on a regular basis, but it makes you feel better <laughs> in the workout. Uh -huh. Try this. Bro, these guys are down like a hundred pounds now. Uh, one of them's like, a, yeah, gonna be my first blue belt here really soon. I'm, I'm, I hope he doesn't watch this, but I'm probably gonna gift it to him really quick here. And when I get, once I get my uh -huh. black belt, um, he he will be my my first blue belt, and he is a yeah. smasher, bro. We take I take him to open mats, and he like beats up on these brown and black belts because he's heavy, you know. But he's he's got yeah. the knowledge now, and he's you know he's on the path. So, and, Man. and he motivated me beyond belief to, to like keep helping the other people. In the, but like, he was like my main uh -huh. little like test subject, you know? Yeah, definitely. Now, well, now you see it works. Well, it worked for you, right? It works for him. And yeah. for me too, I have a similar story, man. Um, the reason why I do this, because I know that it works. I uh, lost about 50 to 60 pounds <laughs> in no like way. a couple months of doing uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I was like, man, like. If people need like more people need to know about this and i'm glad it's getting uh more and more yeah, popular yeah. so that's why uh that's why i started this podcast uh as well all right man well tell me a little bit about uh something called the dark side so uh there's this author his name's tim grover he is the author of a book called relentless and a book called uh winners and he's the trainer for uh michael jordan the trainer for kobe bryant and he talks about this dark side where you're able to really go and re relive the memories that you've had before in the past and like everything that uh you know like your ego is telling you that you can't do and like hearing all the people say no you can't do this you can't do that and harness harnessing that and making it to making it to like dark energy almost and using that to fuel your uh fuel fuel your you know your every your everyday life towards your goals Man, tell me instances that you've uh, used that dark energy because I can feel that you've had a chip on your shoulder. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah, I've one thing that comes to mind, like, uh, so I had this like little six hundred dollar uh, Jeep Cherokee, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the fucker didn't start half the time, and I had <laughs> to I had to get to work all the way, like forty five minutes mm -hmm. away. Um, was my wrestling practices in school, um, mm -hmm. and. It, exactly across town from where i would catch the bus right that uh, i would i would have to run dude because like i couldn't <laughs> trust that my car was gonna make the trip or make it uh, home uh -huh. and if i could and, and then like where am i gonna sleep that night you know on the road somewhere uh -huh. what, if, what if it gets towed or like you know so i just left it in a spot that i knew it was cool and i knew i could come back to that um, it was out in the middle of nowhere in this country spot, you know, so I mm. had to run almost, it was like nine miles, um, to what, to where I caught the bus and like nine miles. People, wow. A lot of people in Sonoma can contest this. Cause like one of the main roads is like where I was running every morning to go, to go to work. And mm. so I would, people be honking at me and like people would text me and call me. A lot of people would tell me like, Hey dude, why don't you just get a real job? Like, why, why are you uh -huh. fighting? You know, like, and, and I always wanted to make it to the UFC or like, you know, and, and I always told myself like, you yeah, know, one day you're, you're going to be watching me fight, uh -huh. you know, and you're going to, you're going to pay to watch me fight. Like, I, and, mm. and that kind of fueled me, you know, and the, you know, all these people that are like, God, there's so many haters, dude, even to this day, like people are still like, man, maybe you mm. should like hang it up. You're starting to get old. You know, how old are you now? I'm, I'm 31. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> like, dude, I'm just getting my prime. Like I'm smarter now yeah. than I was back then. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I have a lot more uh, skills than I did back then. And it still fuels me to this day, dude. I still think about those people. And like, you know, when I look at yeah. most of those people, they're in the same dead end fucking job they've been in their whole life. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> they're, they're 30, 40 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, they hate what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That fuels me more yeah. than anything. I love what I do. I'm helping people. I get to, yeah. you know, train for a living. Dude, I just got back from Nebraska for a week training with John Hanson, uh -huh. the, the ADCC trials winner. Uh -huh. 280 stud, you know, in a world full, 
in a world full of uh, there was eleven black belts on the mat last last Saturday or Sunday. It was um, yeah, an amazing room, you know, and like I get to be a part of this, you know, and like yeah, all, all these people are jealous now. Like man. I wish I had a job I could go fly around. And, yeah, dude, I ran to work every day for three years straight so I can make this happen, you know? Yeah. Not not only that, but that made my cardio where it is so that I could compete uh-huh. with those guys, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's like the mindset of a warrior, right? Like you're able to really harness all these bad times. Like people would call it bad times, but to you, you're able to shift it. And really, you know, and manipulate that energy into like something useful instead of pity, right? As as, yeah. as they say, anger is more useful than uh, pitying yourself, you know? Anger is more useful than pity. So um, you're able to just transmute that energy and use it to really just, you know, like have this nuclear fuel to uh, really get you going. And it's energy that you don't even know where it's coming from, right? It's, uh, right. well, you know, it's, you, you know where it's coming from. It's coming from all the doubts yeah. and the haters I that you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah. but now you know it you see where it uh where it takes you and that's because um you pursued uh your in a, in a sense you pursued your true self and whenever people are not able to pursue their own you know their own their own calling their own purpose like something to every to every person there's a calling uh you know that they are that, that they're hearing but it's the ones that pursue that calling that really uh, that, that truly live life right and right. uh, for you, you know, now um, you would have, you probably would have never known to be in, in the position that you are right now when you were running those miles. You just knew you had to run those miles to get to work, right? Right. Uh, had to catch the bus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You just knew that it was uh, necessary, right? Or else, like, you know, you're not going to uh, sit, sit in a computer, right? Like, uh, all I just day. used to tell myself, man, this is going to pay off someday, you know? And even if it doesn't yeah. pay off, even if I don't make the UFC, I'm not a champion. Uh-huh. I'm still going to be a black belt. You know, I'm still going to be a, in amazing shape. You know, there's byproducts yeah. to your goals. Even if you don't reach those goals, that's why everybody's like, yeah, shoot for the, the stars and, or, mm. and you'll land on the moon. You know, like, it's so true, dude. If you have big goals and, and big dreams, like, even if you don't reach them, like, you're still going to be in a place way better off than if you never started at all, you know? Mm-hmm. 100% man 100% and now you're able to really share the knowledge you've accumulated all these uh, all these years to motivate the people that are coming to you for help and you're training them so you're you know you're 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 able to now really teach people and like share something to them right and contribute so and that's because yeah. you and that's because you had the you you had the drive and you had the awareness and you also had the dedication to learn a uh, you know to learn an art to learn a craft it's very similar to any craft, right? Like painters will paint all day. You know, people who write code will write code all day, right? It's, it depends on the. It depends on what your craft is, and you get to share that after you know you you gain mastery of it. Which at this point, you know, you can say that you have a level of mastery in this craft. But yeah, man, that's uh super super awesome. So, um, you're obviously you know farming. You're growing your own food. Tell me, uh, tell me if you've seen any parallels. So, what parallels do you see? uh with farming and fighting dude just today i was telling uh one of my friends you know we're going so it's, it's a tough time to be a farmer you know especially mm-hmm. in california there's a lot of regulations there's trying to you know shut down the small farm guys and and mm-hmm. make it so you know it's tough and i i just was telling one of my friends like man i'm just getting to this point where like i could go get a you know a job at mcdonald's and maybe make more money you know, and like, and, you know, we're on your, uh, on this new farm we're at, I got an opportunity to, you know, expand a little bit. This is, uh, my second year on this piece of property and I'm just got the infrastructure laid in where I can go mm. outside and turn a knob and water the whole field. And, and before I was watering by hand mm. and like, you know, we're still miles away from where I, where I see myself, you know, I'd like to put an outdoor gym in um like uh-huh. like a thailand style gym where, where uh, i see food's growing around the mat you know and you can come off the mat and i actually have this like little bar uh-huh. set up next to my mat area right here that we just kind of laid in uh-huh. i want to i want to put like a barbecue pit out here's the plan 
and uh, get somebody that's going to cook food for guys right after we're done training. So you could come off the mat, get a steak, get a salad, uh-huh. and then be on your way, you know. And uh, even watch the next session of guys coming in, you know, different, the next class. If, if you're, you have your age groups, right, your class groups, your beginners, your intermediates, your advanced. So um, just really, um, like right now, dude, I feel like a white belt in, in farming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> totally dude especially when you walk out there and you get tapped out by a cucumber beetle or (laughs) you know the wind catches you in a guillotine you know and everything smoke that you just planted the night before because it didn't really stick you know and or Mm -hmm. the seeds got dug up by a mouse and you know Uh and he'll hook you right there in the dirt you know yeah yeah (laughs) i feel like a total white belt i'm learning from a couple of guys in in the area that are true black belts at this and you go by their farm and you're like man these guys are on a whole another level than i am and i gotta Uh figure out what they're doing and that's same thing as jujitsu you sit mat side and you're Mm. you know 100 pounds heavier or 60 pounds you know or whatever it is you're overweight you can't roll more than a minute you get choked out every couple seconds and you're done and everybody Mm. else is still rolling but you're sitting there you know gasping for air because you're a white belt and you're Mm. you're just watching these guys that are brown and black belt and they're going to war right they're they're moving they're flowing and they they, it almost looks second nature to them you go, man Mm. i gotta learn how to get onto these guys' level i feel like that's where i am with my farming right now you know i'm just like still Mm -hmm. still a white belt and even though I'm, I'm maybe blue, maybe blue, you know, on, on some <laughs> days I, I'll feel like I'm a blue when we hit the farmer's market and I put, you know, a G in my pocket for the week and yeah. like, man, all that food I grew just made me some money, dude. So, yeah. you know, that I might be a blue belt maybe, but still uh-huh. being a blue belt sucks when you're getting your leg ripped off, you know, and you don't know how yeah. to get out of that, that honey hole trap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> man uh yeah those are the pair uh, those are a lot of parallels to it brother and you're it, it sounds like you're seeing um you're seeing it as patterns as well because there's patterns in jiu-jitsu you recognize and you're looking at these you know black belts in farming and uh it sounds like you're describing their pattern recognition with uh just the farm overall and you know they're able to just take a look outside and just know whether or not it's going to be a good day right right yeah I even, see. Even I as see. a black belt, though, you might have a bad day too. You know, might wake up and your knees swollen, or you know, you yeah. you got caught by a better black belt. You know, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> happens, so it's life, man. That's awesome. Um, so you've been competing all your life. You've been fighting all your life. What was your tough, uh, toughest competition like, and how did those moments feel? Oh man, I can. It takes me back to um, my senior year in high school. I got. I got to the state tournament. My very first round, I got uh, this kid, Morgan McIntosh. He ended mm. up being a two-time, and I'm guessing he might have even been better, but I know he's a two-time All-American for Penn State. Um, mm. I think he won California State Championships four years in a row. I think he won it as a freshman. Um, mm. Absolute specimen, right? And I never mm. felt that level of competition before. And I, I pulled him first round and mm. he absolutely teched me and probably, I think he teched pinned me, but I, I remember coming off the mat and just, and looking at my coach at the time and be like, man, why didn't you tell me that fool is that good? dude?" <laughs> he just beat the crap out of me. He's like, would it have made a difference? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, that kid's probably going to win it. And sure enough, he ended up going on. And ironically enough, he he had my um, not anymore teammate, but he was a teammate for a while at uh, Dave Terrell's spot. He he had me had my teammate in the finals, and and basically did the same thing to him, except for you know there was a whole bunch of cameras on. You know, I'm sure that there was some cameras on my match, but it was just first round. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't like he was in. We were in the finals under the light. You know, but uh, you know, shoot. Yeah. He did it to everybody. He was a stud. And and that kind of opened my eyes up to like, man, there's levels to this shit. And like, uh-huh. you know, yeah, you might be a state wrestler, but that kid's a state placer or a state winner. Uh-huh. You know, there's just different levels. And then when, you know, I, I got into jujitsu, 
um, I started running into a few black, like the same couple black belts that, um, you know, have always won everything around and mm. a dude popped my knee and ripped my leg off. And it was like, all right, uh -huh. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to make that never happen again, you know? And it kind of showed me that it just comes down to pulling the trigger first. Right. If I have a heel hook and you have uh -huh. a heel hook, we're in a race, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So somebody's got to get shot. And, and that I realized the levels to that and, and, you know, losing like that, it makes you level up or quit, you know, and I'm never going to be a quitter. So, um, I, I just kind of like had to figure out how to find that next level, you know, figure out what those guys are doing. Well, they're training with other dudes that are on that level. So mm -hmm. go find them every single day and chase them, chase them down. Who, who cares yeah. if they beat you? Guess what? They're supposed to beat you. And if they don't beat you, you won, you know, right. Uh, oh, this fool didn't rip my leg off today. I, I yeah. survived with them. Looks like I'm getting a little better, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I was, uh, I, I had another podcast, uh, just actually, just my last, uh, this is the last episode, uh, and we were talking about, you know, like uh, the good times and the bad times uh, of jujitsu, and he told me something that I read uh, in one of the articles that I was reading about you, and it was, <laughs> it was, uh, you remember your losses way more than your wins you remember exactly how you lost but you don't really remember the times that you won tell me a little bit about that man oh man um joseph crop shot you know who that is no no oh man he's a stud black belt um team santos out of uh you know down by the city kind of walnut mm -hmm. creek area a little past that um mm -hmm. jujitsu by the bay used to be um like one of the main local tournaments around um, mm -hmm. actually th there's been some big names that uh, ran through there. great tournament. Um, and I remember him coming in and I was winning that tournament, like pretty steadily. I uh, mm -hmm. had pretty good draws for a couple times and collected a few belts from there. And then he showed up and like mm -hmm. wrecked my run. I think I was a purple belt. Um, and I don't. I can't remember uh, the exact match, but I know he kept, caught me a head and arm choke, and uh -huh. either scored some points and I survived, or he might have finished me. At the time, his coach is like, "No, he finished you." I remember. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm, <laughs> I don't want to admit it to myself, but definitely remember that match. Now I end up driving down there uh, and training with him and his crew, you know, mm. once a week because um, I'm because I'm hunting that level, right? And, and yeah. He's kind of doing the same thing. He gets out to, you know, Kyle Terra's and trains with Mason Fowler and those guys. Uh -huh. And I'm trying to do the same thing. Mason Fowler, if you're watching this, I'm coming to train with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the next level, right? So we got to get into the room with those guys and, and see where we stand. And, you know, that's that's how you progress in, in your life, you know, constantly challenging yourself. Yeah, 100%, man. All right, brother. Well, uh now i uh, now what kind of trainings uh do you do in order to prepare prepare for the grappling uh world championship in spain oh man um like i said i just went out to nebraska for a week uh, uh -huh. three days um doing training with uh john hansen and then cross training over at nebraska bjj with uh ryan um god i'm so terrible with names because i get punched for a living <laughs> but um, another <laughs> black belt that's uh, uh -huh. a world champion, you know, a returning world champions on the USA team. Um, uh -huh. absolute stud in his own right. I, you know, I the stuff that I catch every single person that I roll with, uh -huh. he just looks at me while I'm doing it with a straight face, yeah, you know, just like <laughs> no, no threat, no, and like that messes with your mind. You're like, shit, is this even working on him? Like. I, mm. I break everybody's leg with this. You know what I mean? He's just sitting there smiling with at it. Mm. So, and, uh, you know, really learning the system that those guys are on. They're just uh -huh. on a whole different game plan, dude. And like mm. whole different movements. They're searching for different things that I, and the way they look at this game is completely different. Dave Terrell's the same way, you know, straight submission hunter. And I'm mm. like so blessed to have that 
amount of experience in my in my corners you know just mm -hmm. um dave's given me every weapon that i have you know when mm -hmm. it comes to jujitsu um and really has helped develop my game into something lethal right and that, that i can feel mm -hmm. confident going into something with and just um you know i oh i cut out all the white sugar uh -huh, um, uh -huh. refined sugar I, and all that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But I, I'm actually finding out that uh, we need a little bit of sugar. So um, mm. I've, I've been kind of incorporating a little bit back in so that I'm not losing too much muscle mass. But for the first like mm -hmm. month, felt amazing, felt, you know, unstoppable. I, I started the ice baths, you know, between my workouts three times a day, twice a minimum. Mm -hmm. um, that's been a game changer mentally. Um, I would recommend that to everybody. And, you know, a lot of people are like, man, it's a lot of money in ice. Go get a hundred dollar mm. chest freezer. And even if you're just overweight, this is going to help you. You know, even if you don't train, get a hundred dollar uh, ice, you know, off Craigslist or whatever, fill that sucker full of water and plug it in and, uh -huh. and it'll freeze solid. And then you wake up in the morning with a little hammer. Here's my hammer. Cause I'm sitting next to my ice freezer. <laughs> Plug that sucker open, you know, in there, make sure it's the first thing you do in the morning, do it before the sun comes up. Depends on when I can get up. You know, some some days I sleep a little later than I want to. I'm my own boss, so I can do stuff like that if I need to. Um, you know, and, and do something super hard every day. That's kind of how I've been trying to really condition my mind. Cause yeah, my my body's there. You know what I mean? The the yeah. the uh, the skill levels there, right? I'm I'm. It's time to train smarter, refine those skills a little bit, game plan uh -huh. a little bit better. Um, really understand the rule set and learn the rule set because yeah that makes a, a bigger difference than anything else you got two really good guys but one plays a rule set better you're, you're gonna beat them every time right so um uh -huh. just uh those little tiny key details and and staying motivated is not hard when you're like oh shit i gotta go represent the united states here in seven yeah. weeks you know yeah. So, um, and my diet just clean. I didn't have a bad diet before, but now I'm like really more regimented on when I'm going to eat. Right. I eat within the first hour of waking up. I have four to five meals throughout the day. And, mm. you know, none of that's, none of that is trash food. Like I don't do fast mm. food. I don't do anything yeah. that's going to make me feel good. You know? Yeah. So, Definitely, man. That's uh, funny you mentioned uh, even the uh, the ice machine. If you you know, like if you really want it, you'll find a way, right? And that um, right. And that's, and, and that's so funny uh, because it leads me to uh, my uh, next question here, and that's uh, what would your advice be to someone who's thinking about doing jujitsu? Right? They're just thinking about it. They're driving by jujitsu academies and all those things, thinking about it, but they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna make my schedule, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's going to work out with my schedule, things like that. What would be your advice to those people? And stop lying to yourself. You have time, right? You, uh -huh. you have, there's wherever you're doing it, you know, you're either going to find a way or you're going to find an excuse. And when mm. you start going like, man, I really want to do this, but right there, just stop, stop with mm. the, but you know, that that's when the excuse starts. And if you have a, but write it down. And then underneath of that, right, five ways you could get around that and mm. then implement one of them. You know what I mean? If I, you know, I really want to start jujitsu, but I don't have time. Oh, yeah. How long do mm. you sit on your phone in the morning? Mm. You know, mm. how, how, what's your screen time look like, dude? You know, and maybe uh. that's not the case. All right. Time do you go to bed at? Oh, mm. yeah. You know, maybe working for an hour less a day. Cause at the end of the day, like, is that hour less going to do anything other than probably change how much you're getting taxed at the end of the week? You know, mm -hmm. are you going to pay into taxes? Are you going to go pay into the taxes for yourself? You know, your mm -hmm. body and, and your skills. There's a million excuses, dude. I've heard them all. And I've told myself all of them like, Oh, I'm too mm -hmm. tired. Mm -hmm. Oh, those mm -hmm. guys might hurt me. Oh, I can't afford to. That's the biggest one I get is like, I can't afford to get hurt right now. Uh -huh. so you can't afford not to do it because you're going to end up, you know, 10 years down the road, looking back, never being able to do it and being fat and mm -hmm. sick, 
you know, and wishing that you would have done it. So it's, yeah. it's just really, it's about defeating your excuses. And if you need to do it, put on a little Jocko, you know, put on a little <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I hate to say it like that. I don't, I don't really believe in motivational things like that, but like every once in a while, dude, if you're, if you're lacking in something and you really want to get something done, go put one of those guys on, you know, the, yeah. they'll motivate it, you know, and you only need that motivation for 30 minutes. The drive, yeah, you know, that's right. get in the car and drive to the gym. Sometimes you might need it just to get out of the car, at the gym, uh-huh. you know, because like, there's a lot of times I've gotten to the gym and I'm sure everybody has been sitting there like this. Do I want to go inside right now? I don't really feel like doing that. And just like getting inside the gym, mm. it's half of it. Once you're in there, your, your homies in there. You know what I mean? And like, Oh, my favorite training partner. Oh man, uh-huh. there's a bunch of girls in here or, Oh, you know, and like some people, that's their biggest fear too. Like, oh, there's girls and I'm fat. Guess what, dude? You're going to be fat wherever. At least you're going to be around some girls and be fat. In the worst case scenario, you're <laughs> hanging out with some girls, you know? So, like, yeah. And they're not going to judge you. Nobody, nobody in the room judges, man. Like, and if they do, like those guys kind of weed themselves out because they're toxic. Yeah. You know, Jiu-jitsu right. communities are so supportive and so helpful. You know, I've met some of the greatest people on this earth through jujitsu and, and it's mm-hmm. taken me to amazing places. I'm getting ready to go to Spain, you know, yeah, through jujitsu. I'm, I'm, I'm a broke country boy who slept in his car when he was 19 years old. You know what I mean? And now I get to go uh-huh. to Spain paid for it. You know, it's, uh-huh. that's, <laughs> if anything else, dude, you owe it to yourself. You just got to go do it. Yeah. 100% man people just have so many uh, so many excuses and uh, it's just that fear is that fear of uh, pursuing what they know they want to do if like if it ever comes up in their mind and you know like some people I know for a fact it comes up in their mind oh, I need to exercise I want to do jujitsu I want to do this but something pulls them back and uh, it seems like you know they they haven't felt enough pain for them to actually move their ass to uh, do something right yeah, so some yeah. people yeah, some people just need to feel more pain because they're just they're they're so um, a lot of them are just so comfortable yeah, at the that, position they're that in. Fear should be a motivator, yeah. you know, right? Just yeah. like, oh man, I I don't want to do that. That's why you should do it. Your body is you're afraid of doing it because you know there's so so many reasons why I can be like, oh, I shouldn't go shouldn't go get in the cage, you know, Saturday night. But guess what, dude? There's so many greater reasons why I should, you know, like, oh, man, that's going to be an amazing feeling. You know, uh-huh. that's going to be one of the, the and if I win, when I win, that's going to be even a better feeling, you know, and I got all these yeah. people around my family, all the people that care about you, all the people, you know, that want to see you win. That's all the reason to do it. You know, stop telling yourself lies. Some of, one yeah. of the like this kid that I can't stand because he's just like <laughs> so over the top sometimes, but I love him uh-huh. to death too, because he's so motivating. He tells me all the uh-huh. time, you're lying to yourself, dude, stop lying to yourself. And it's like, yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah. I tell myself yeah, lies yeah. a lot, you know? So, yeah. um, beating those lies, those excuses, the fears, that's going to take you places that nobody around you is going to go. Right. It's like, mm-hmm do it when you're driving Mm -hmm. by take the exit go Uh go stop in just go ask them hey you know and people are oh i don't have that extra money guess what dude you can mop mats you know Mm -hmm. you can clean up Mm -hmm. after go in there and tell them hey i really want to do this but i don't have have the funds you know Mm -hmm. what can i do for you uh what do you have to offer you know i'm a farmer Mm -hmm. i have some extra food here's a box of cucumbers you know what i mean what are you gonna trade dude I'm sure everybody's mm. got something to trade. If you don't have something to trade, that's some knowledge, you know, some mm. stock info, whatever it is, dude, help. Yeah. Somebody. yeah. <laughs> some stock info. Yeah. You'll, yeah. If you really want it, you'll find a way. That's right. Um, now the next excuse, the next excuse that they're going to be uh, saying though is Brady, like, I'm not, I'm not like you, man. Like, I don't want, like, I'm not a fighter, man. Like, you, you know, like, do you think anybody can start doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Oh, yeah, dude. Some of the softest guys that I know do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it like that. You know, I mean, some of the most hardcore killers I know are also in the game. But, yeah, dude, there's, there's, you know, 
there's dads in there and uh mm. you know soccer moms and mm. they're you know people you would never expect that's what's cool about it. there's nerds jujitsu nerds mm. some of the best guys in the game are just the nerdiest suckers i've ever met in my life you know and yeah it, cause, yeah because it takes brains to do jujitsu right you got to be smart or you can mm -hmm. be a brute and you can go in there and, you know, there's different styles to jujitsu, but like some of the best guys in the game, Alan Sanchez, you know, he, he used to be this little nerdy kid and he just fought Michael Galvo like not too long ago. Uh, so, yeah. uh, I don't know, dude, just like stop lying to yourself. You know, that's what <laughs> stop it comes lying to yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, man. Um, what was your most memorable moment so far since practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Um, shit, there's been so many of them. Um, mm -hmm. I'd have to probably say, uh, man, that's a tough question. My most memorable mm -hmm. one, I think for me, you know, I used to be, a real POS dude, you know, out picking fights and, mm. and in the bars and uh. trying to steal everybody's <laughs> girlfriend. And like, you know, and I think the come to Jesus moment was, you know, one time in, in, in my gym with a, a pretty mm. influential person in my life, um, really checked me, you know, mm. And, mm -hmm. and, and showed me that I'm not the baddest dude on this earth, you know, mm -hmm. and that I, should really learn how to respect people right mm -hmm. and uh i i uh i remember i threw a shuck by a, a pass by and this guy's big too and like it didn't move him at all it, mm -hmm. it just uh, elbowed him in the face you know and the guy just looked at me and just dropped me with the elbow and kneed me in the stomach and and i, mm -hmm. I fell and i cried you know and i was just yeah. like it, you know check me and it, and after that moment, I realized, like, man, it don't take much for somebody to uh, to knock you down, uh -huh. you know? Uh-huh. And, and yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't take much to get your jaw broke, you know? Yeah. And, and you, don't, you don't know. Actually, dude, that was a big moment for me check-wise, but you want to talk about an ego check, dude? Getting, uh -huh. getting smacked and getting your heel ripped off by a little nerdy kid that you like, <laughs> are going into a match and you know i'm not gonna say any names but like uh if if you know me and you you remember heel hooking me you check my ego you know what i mean because i went uh -huh. in there like i was the baddest dude in the world and i was gonna kill you and boom you stopped me and i couldn't believe it you know and um mm -hmm. it, it's happened to me a number of times uh uh, four times and it's always mm -hmm. the same same move it's always that heel hook that'll kind of catch you mm -hmm. you know and it's i'm not gonna say it out loud because everybody's gonna start hunting it but now it now i've let more people into it so that i can practice getting out of it it's become my uh -huh. uh, my um you know really focus on my weakest point right mm -hmm. and uh i'd have to say you know it's Alan Sanchez. I'll fucking say it. Whatever, dude. <laughs> dude. Alan Sanchez, if you're watching this, man. Dude. Man. I, <laughs> I straight up, I used to punk that kid, like, at the local tournaments, you know? And, like, uh -huh. I hated 10th Planet. And, like, their whole crew uh -huh. used to show up there. Just, like, the whole tournament used to show up and be like, we're going to beat this fool. And, like, fuck him uh -huh. you know what i mean <laughs> so i don't know if that's the words they were using they're all really nice guys and like uh yeah you know denny prokopopis i can't even pronounce his name but uh. he, he knows too <laughs> uh big red i remember all those guys matt side you know um here let me oh we lost him oh man and he's sorry back. dude I, I went all to good brother I'm technical. <laughs> yeah. All good. No, but, uh, oh, move your, move your phone this way. Uh, horizontally brother. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right on. Awesome. Sorry about that too. Yeah. <clears throat> Are no we live? Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, I, I used to be Matt side watching those guys, all the 10th planet dudes, Matt side. And like, I wasn't very good at jujitsu. I was just a wrestler back then, you know? 
uh-huh. and uh, I just kind of had like two or three moves, and I would do them to everybody, and I was just really good at them, you know. And I was yeah. able to kind of punk that, you know, Allen a few times. He was small though, and like a little nerdy kid just starting out, and like, mm-hmm. man, there when he finally hit that uh, that next level. He uh-huh. let me know, you know, and, and he, he outside heel hooked me so hard, popped my shit yeah. and sent me home. And I was just like blown away. Cause it was like, man, I punked this kid all the time. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get him yeah. back. You know? Yeah. I made a mistake. That was on me, you know? And then I go out to Vegas and, and he does it to me again. And I'm man. like, man, yeah. Oh, all right, dude. Maybe, maybe there's, you know, you're on this next level then. All right. You know, yeah. and, and I, I remember that as, as a true, you know, ego check right there. Mm-hmm. And I got back to the room. I started letting everybody and I would get into some deep, you know, inverted heel hooks. And I would, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I practice almost daily getting out of them now. I think that's the best. Now, when I get into heel hooks, actually, PJ Barts just ripped my leg off. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> I, I've learned the leg game now is... Um, it's not about who who strikes first. A lot of the time, it's about who counters better, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, you know, really seeing these guys, I would go after a leg lock or a heel hook, and I'd get my leg ripped off on the counter. And uh, mm-hmm. I had a I had a teammate that did the same thing. You know, he would really blow my shit out um, trying to mm-hmm. trying to counter it, right? So um, those that, those were big moments for me uh, personally. You know, the losses just. Uh, most memorable, you know, I don't, you don't remember mm-hmm. the win, dude. I, like I could barely tell you who I beat on high rollers or, you know, any of these local tournaments or, mm-hmm. you know, the USA team. I, I barely remember, yeah. you know, trials. It's, it's the people that beat you. You go home and sit in the shower and contemplate your <laughs> life and think about like, man, where did I make yeah. the wrong turn? You know? Yeah. And, and that's what'll make you better too. You, you got to exactly. lose. Exactly. That's uh, yeah, man. That's why jujitsu is so amazing. That's why martial arts is so amazing. It promotes humility. It, you know, you're able to really check your ego. Is exactly what you're uh, saying. And that's the only time where you're able to really reflect on yourself and you know evolve. Not you know like evolve yourself mentally and physically and see that you know there's levels to this. And I want to get to that next level. So it's always good to have those failures because you all you're always as they say you know you're failing forward, right? Um, right. uh, jiu-jitsu it's about iteration it's about you know seeing things that work and don't work and finding answers to uh you know these questions that you know it throws at you right each and every single time but uh man uh last question here brother what's your advice to new white belts they took your advice they're coming in they're signing up now you know 90 percent of white belts don't make it to blue belt 90 percent of them don't even get make it the first month what's your advice to the new white belts Oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. You're going to, you know, be challenged mentally, physically getting taps, uh, just staying consistent, just showing up is is really half the battle. Like, you know, nothing, you show up to school every day and it's like, man, sometimes you don't want to be there. And, and Mm. especially for me, I didn't like going to school, you know, I, I would rather go do something else. Um, just staying consistent though is going to get you that diploma is going to get you, you know, your PhD and choking people, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're looking, you're looking to better yourself every day. And that's not going to be easy. You know, mm-hmm. um, being the fat guy in the room is not going to be fun, you mm-hmm. know, but one day the new fat guy is going to come in and you're <laughs> like, Oh shit, that guy's fatter than I am. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that uh-huh. or, or maybe you're, you're real, a real skinny dude. And like, you got beat up by everybody, but all of a sudden there's one more white belt in the room and now you can get him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and and then you keep go showing up and you stay consistent. That's the, the key. Stay consistent. Keep showing up. Maybe I'm not going to make it every day this week, you know, but guess what? I'm going to make it three days or um, if I mm-hmm. can't make it three days, I'm going to at least make it two days, you know, but make a mental contract. I got to make sure that I'm going to show up. And the more you show up, the more days you're in that room, the better, the faster you're going to get better. And, you know, you're going to look back six months and, and time flies, bro. Like I've been doing mm-hmm. this game for 10 years. It doesn't feel like it, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I, I just kept showing up six days a week, seven days a week. If I could, if I could find an open mat or something, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you're going to look at everybody else and all the new guys and be like, wow, there's like five or six new guys and I'm the best of, of all the new guys, you know? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the rest of the room's going to fall off and you're, you know, going to be two, three years into the room and, oh man, I'm a blue belt now. And mm-hmm. like, you're going to be getting tapped a whole bunch as a blue belt. Right. And then next thing you know, yeah. like, man, I'm the best of the blue belts and, and yeah. so on till you realize like man i'm the best dude in the room you know Uh it doesn't happen overnight but it happens over many nights right where i show up and i lose and i bleed and i sweat and i show up again and i lose and i bleed and i sweat and whatever you know you might not bleed like but you know (laughs) you'll definitely sweat and you'll definitely lose weight and you'll definitely become a better human you know Mm -hmm. and even if you don't get to be a brown or a purple or black belt or whatever you want to be you know it's whatever your goal is you still got better you know yeah maybe you're, maybe you're not the best white belt today but one day there you're gonna look around at all the other white belts and be like i get to tap all these guys you know just yeah. stay consistent so that would be my biggest one yeah stay consistent man all right brady thank you so much brother for uh coming thank on you, man. and man um tomorrow um you know, good luck on uh, the Cal State title. Good luck in uh, going to uh, Spain. But yeah, brother, it was a pleasure interviewing you. And uh, yeah, man. All right, guys, that wraps up podcast number eight. If you enjoyed this podcast and inspired you to keep training or start training, make sure you like, share, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on more stories of individuals who do jujitsu. And we'll see you on the mats. Thanks again, brother. <laughs>